0: in the apocalypse i gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning and sparkle neely sparkle
1: i know what some of your big city no bra wear and hairy-legged
2: women livers might say Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Maximum Film. Oh, we're on episode 228. shows, shows If you want your way, feeling great because I'm in the booth with my friends. So let me introduce you to them. First up, we have the Christmas Zaddy himself, esteemed author, esteemed critic, esteemed just a sexy fella. Alonzo Tiralde, what's
3: good? I thought you were gonna say esteemed clams. Um <laughs> well I'll tell you Oh
0: dude. <laughs>
3: Iffy, what's good what's good at this time of year always is girl scout cookies um Ooh. what would be better is if my order had arrived on time but you know <laughs> th- there's i know there's a supply chain and we'll I'm just going to be patient. They're going to show up when they show up. But anyway, it is that time of year. And if you are not leaving the house like me and you know braving the grocery store and finding that little card table in front where those adorable Girl Scouts are there hawking their wares, find a friend of yours who has a daughter or a niece and get on that website and order them online and support the Girl Scouts and get delicious cookies in the bargain. Uh, we had a new one this year that I'm very excited about called Adventurefuls. It's a brownie-inspired cookie with caramel-flavored cream and a hint of sea salt. Shut it. This is a Dang. 2022 Girl Scout cookie, if ever I heard one. So looking forward to Except that. Except
0: for you know that in like a different part of the country, the Adventurefuls are called like. Wagon wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know they just have like samosas are called something totally or <laughs> Samoas? So S- Samoas. So are also known, totally yeah, They're different. also known as
3: caramel delights, depending on where you right.
0: live. Right. Save yeah.
3: your peanut butter sandwich. It's a dosy dough. That's how it's meant to be called.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a hookup and I oh. only got my link to order things in the last hour. So the oh. fact that you are already having yeah. like, a a late delivery, and I just got it. Anyway, I'm happy to. I, you know, I know, I, a guy. I just have yeah. to. I have
1: a quick Girl Scout story just to derail us because that's who You're I. By am. all of means, uh, I when my oldest was a Girl Scout, uh, I didn't have a lot of time to volunteer and help, but I could show up at the first cookie kickoff at six o'clock in the morning. Actually, it was like five. You had to be there, and they would unbox all the cookies that were going out to this region, like this particular neighborhood. So it would be me standing in front of like thousands and thousands of towering boxes of cookies. And let me tell you, they do not mess around. Like up comes the van and then you've got like how many and you can't let them drive off unless you've checked it off. It was intense. That's all. Dang. Just, well, dang. It is a whole operation. It's a whole So you've been yeah. in
3: the shit, is what
1: you're saying. I have, I have. And it's been <laughs> delicious.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've been, uh, I've that been- the uh,
1: shit is good. The shit is good,
2: <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. I've been considering putting Naomi in Girl Scouts just to get the cookie to yes. my mouth pop line pipeline <laughs> yes. started and going. Just gobbling up. It's like she's gonna be the number one like Girl Scout and ain't sold to no one That's but right. her dad.
0: That's uh, right.
2: Because her dad's flipping them on stock apps. I'm buying the cookies. I'm flipping them. It's it's an inside job.
3: They even got a gluten-free now. So you know. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, wild.
2: Oh, wow. Well, you look, let's keep the ball rolling and introducing to these great voices you're hearing. You know that Midwestern drawl, it's the queen of the Midwest herself. Programmer extraordinaire, straight up. Number one person you want on your side in this industry, Drea Clark.
0: What's good? All of that's funny to me, but a Midwestern accent described as a drawl—maybe the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the funniest. Um, uh, what's good with me? I was—I was not going to do this because it's related to my birthday, which was a full week and a half ago but if if he can keep reminding me about his birthday which is in late february (laughs) numerous times starting around christmas then i don't feel so bad but basically this also brings back i mentioned taskmaster recently as a (laughs) what's good which is this british game show that i love and so for my like once again had a shut-in birthday party this year i have to recommend this was so fun um, it was styled sort of in the manner of how each taskmaster is um, is sh- shaped and like they have the contestants bring in things. And for my birthday, I asked everybody to bring in to my birthday Zoom party, not to <laughs> brag, but I asked everyone to bring and prepare um, an unexpected photo, like the photo I would find... It was so fun. Like, throw on the sh- screen sharing and let the joy spread. I highly recommend it. Target your friends. Give them a request like that.
3: We have not had a Zoom cocktail party in a while, Drea. We need to make that happen.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'll do that, and I will make you put a photo challenge as part of it.
2: Fair enough. Oh, wow, we got the photo challenge on deck. That's good to know. I'm going to come ready. I'm going to come ready. Ready. <laughs> I'ma come ready. All right. Now that last wonderful voice that you heard, Drea might even push me to call it a draw, but to me it sounds natural. As a southern boy myself, it's none other than Biz Ellis.
1: What's good? I will think it was my birthday last week as well. Capricorn. Ah,
3: uh,
1: thank you. And for my birthday. Uh, my husband got me one year to HBO so that I could indulge in all the DC that I could stand. And on my actual birthday, I sat on the couch while my children were at school. Uh, something I haven't done this in so long. And I watched, like I binged almost the entire first season of Doom Patrol, Ooh. which is a gem. That thing is yes. it's so well acted. It's so fun. I am such a lover of like sea level DC uh <laughs> characters. Like I like just waiting on my Booster Gold series to come out one day. Oh. But I thank you. Booster Gold is the theme song I wrote for him. Blue and uh, gold, please. Yeah, yes, blue and gold, exactly. So, anyway, Doom Patrol that you can't. It's not one you can hop around on. You Got to start at the beginning. Oh, yeah, but it's-
0: it is. I told Biz I would back her up on this because it's so good. It's so. And good. my friend Carolina and I got into it, both steamrolled through it, and we're like, "How is not everybody talking about it?" I know. The show? So I know.
3: Yeah. There's too much media.
0: I will <laughs> yeah, say that um the last week we talked about the movie Encanto, and I was so excited because the yes actress who because plays you like, the beautiful, perfect daughter yes is. Uh, voiced by Diana Guerrero from Doom Patrol.
1: Who she was, should be uh, getting uh, Emmys left and right, in my fantastic. opinion? She is yeah. so yeah. good. Yes.
2: You know, the DC TV stuff is on point. Yes. Much like the Peacemaker show. Oh! And it's hit acclaimed after Probably. show podly. I've heard about that. The official that. companion mm. podcast to Peacemaker. <laughs> I, like, the streets is I, talking. I, I hope I, you
3: I, talk I about Max, Max about Film it. on that show as frequently as you talk about that show. On <laughs> I'll just say that. Yes. <laughs> I hope everybody who tunes into the Peacemaker podcast like, God, he won't shut up
2: about this Max Film I'm just show. saying what everyone's all about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna bring all. Yeah, that's that's exactly what Alonzo wants. That fan base listening to
0: him. <laughs> 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 oh, no, that's true. <laughs> no, you want to shake uh, that tail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the that's,
2: that's the monkey's paw. <laughs> <laughs> I That's do thing day. about Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Alonzo Duralde? Let's get all his reviews on <laughs> Zack
0: Snyder. Oh my God. Now you're summoning them. I do, While while it is just the tail end of her introduction, Biz, our guest today, also ho- hosts a show called One Bad Mother, also on Maximum Fun, and very nicely let me join her, oh, even so though I am fun. not a mother, and anyway, <laughs> lis- listen to that, she's wonderful, we're so happy that she's here. Yes. Ooh, um,
2: okay, so, so we got parents well, in the building. Exactly, we have <laughs> yes. two
0: legitimate owners <laughs> of children, yeah. which yeah, is I yeah. think how it's phrased.
2: Yes. I think that, yeah. that
1: is how it's phrased. Okay, yes.
2: good. One Bad Mother. And the other one's yeah. a motherfucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just fully dove in. Bad yep. dad, you go. dad he, soccer dad, and that's how you got kids in your house.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah, I, 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 cannot wait to talk about this movie's oh, accurate God. portrayal of how annoying kids are. Uh,
0: yeah, but I know you uh, first before that, tell us what's good with you.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, good catch, good catch. What's good with me? Well, what's good with me is. Look, y'all, I, I I finally cave in. I finally stopped, uh, you know, telling myself that I'm going to buy all these Tupperwares and I'm going <laughs> to buy all these vegetables and proteins and I'm going to meal prep myself. Mm. And I fully gave in and I use a meal prep service. And I got to tell you, way easier. Yeah. Way easier, you know. And then you, you, what's, what's great, I, I make my daughter her little whatever she wants. Is it a PB&J sandwich? Is it? Just a like 25% of a meal I cook her, you know, whatever she wants to eat, it's fine. It's separate from me. But when daddy needs to eat, boom, I'm popping that bad boy in the microwave and good. It keeps me on task. And so when when your boy got the shirt popped off in summer in a Zoom call, presumably, uh you, you're going to know. You're going to know it was the meal prep and service that finally took off of me. I'm holding out on saying the name because I'm pressuring them to pay for a sponsor no. spot. No, no more free, no more free s- sponsorships. The only thing that's getting a free sponsorship out of me is the hit after show to Peacemaker, Peacemaker Podley, podcast. The Peacemaker.
0: I can't. figure out what made Alonzo roll his eyes more. Yeah, follow up reference of the hit after your show Peacemaker or you talking about being excited to take your shirt off.
3: Oh man. Like totally you had to guy. wait for
2: summer to roll Yeah around. yeah yeah you yeah. know it's, it's good. Come I, on. I, I, I always tell this story but man if you ever want to see a, an active gym I don't know how it is now post panty but pre panty if you went the first three weeks before Pride you. <laughs> Gym on coal, they are there. The daddies, you got the twinks, you got, and I'm like, every and everyone's like just in their archetype. And I'm like, I fuck with this. This, I'm an ally. You need a spot, let's go. I love it. It's it's true. And truly the bears light. are
3: lined up at Donut Friend, and so, oh. My
2: God. Um, Oh, wow. Oh, this is going to be a fun show. I can already tell because coming up on the show today, we'll hear one bad mother's take on another bad mother. Uh, arguably, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, The Lost Daughter. Plus, we'll use cinema science to predict what kind of year each of us can expect <laughs> in 2022. And as always, we've got some staff pick, but first it's time for It-ic. Uh short for Is This Important? Do I Care? We all t- read a news story, our head line and answer the question, is this important? Do I care? And first up, we're talking about the rad daddy himself, Daniel Radcliffe. Apparently, my television set has decided it would rather be in movies. Streaming channel, Roku will be making a biopic about Weird Al Yankovic, and Daniel Radcliffe has been cast as Weird Al. According to the streaming channel Slash TV's synopsis, Weird Al, the Al Yankovic story, holds nothing back, exploring every facet of Yankovic's life, from his meteoric rise to fame with early hits like Eat It and Like a Surgeon, to his torrid celebrity love affairs and famously (laughs) depressed. raved live style <laughs> yeah the script is co-written by weirdo Yankovic and eric Capel and will be produced by Funnier die and tango is this important do you care
0: well i don't think this is important at all but i do care i care
1: yeah i care I, I care i
0: think this is this is the kind of choice Good for you, Daniel Radcliffe. Yes! Like, I think he <laughs> yeah. makes really fun decisions in what he's doing. Oh, yeah. He has a whole weird-ass TBS show called, like, Mi- Miracle Life. Yeah,
2: What's yeah. Uh, yeah. The Zeke, Uh So, ze- Miracle Workers. I'm, I'm glad you miracle brought workers. it up because... I I that's gonna be my that was gonna be my dad Dan Rad fact, which is the fact that so yeah, Zeke from uh the big team wrote on it and then Carl went to act on it and he would only refer to Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. So he's like, yeah, so I'm like sitting in the chair with Harry Potter and he's and he's you know, it's crazy to see Harry Potter act because he was complimenting me like only called him <laughs> Harry Potter. It was just I was like, this is so Carl to only not never call him Daniel Radcliffe but Harry Potter. Do you, think,
1: do you think Daniel Radcliffe is constantly picking roles to try and break the Harry Potter? Like which role will break the Harry Potter curse, right? Like which one's got yeah. and maybe Weird Al Yankovic, he'll start to be known as Weird Al finally. He'll be <laughs> as associated with that role.
3: Like that's Weird Al. Yeah, it's Weird well, Al, I mean, man. I mean a part of me is excited about this, especially if Radcliffe commits to learning the accordion, which I will be very oh, impressed by, obviously. Yes. But, you How know, do you
0: know he doesn't already I, know it? <laughs> also
3: true. I, I make no assumptions. But I have to admit, part of, the only part of this that gives me pause is the whole craze lately of stars playing other stars. Like, seven of the ten lead film actors at the SAG Awards this year are people who played celebrities in biopics. And it's like... I, I, you know, I blame all of this on Rami Malek and I just, I want it to stop, but I, this one I will pass through because it's such a nutty idea and because Weirdo Yankovic's life is so tame yeah. that even his own, like behind the music episode, he started making fun of how boring his life is and how <laughs> scandal free and drug free and everything it is. So I have no idea how you get a movie out of that.
0: I, I wonder if there's not going to be a meta nod to that, because even mm. in the official press release, Roku's head of original programming said something of like, well, you know, because of the sheer absence of any kind of musicals about celebrity bands, you really <laughs> felt we needed to fill that vacuum. Like something and and even just talking about like his idea of like having. Celebrity Love Affairs or (laughs) a Famously Depressed. I hope there's a a wink to it. And that's his whole thing. Right. Like it wouldn't surprise me. And I would hope that this took the shape of a parody in ways that his songs do. You know, Mm. it's also based on the the, his co-writer and the director from Funny or Die, Eric Appel did a short called the same thing, Weird, the Al Yankovic story in like 2010 uh, or something. And uh, so I think it'll it'll probably have elements of that. But it's a bold, interesting swing for Daniel Radcliffe. And I love that I love for it. him. You know, categorically, I don't know if there's many things more libido killing than picturing any man with Al Yankovic's hair. But Daniel <laughs> Radcliffe, prove me wrong. Yeah, prove like, me please. wrong, Daniel. That's you right. Little sweet elf, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Speaking of the opposite of Weird Al Yankovic when it comes to being beloved by the public and having a good reputation as somebody to work with, there's Joss Whedon, uh, who has been accused of being wildly unprofessional, abusive, and sexist on set by scores of people who have worked with him, but one brave whistleblower decided to break his silence and defend the former nerd icon in an exclusive portrait that came out this week in Vulture. That would be Joss Whedon, who told writer Lila Shapiro that all those people were out to destroy him. His ex-wife, Kai Cole wrote a piece in some publication called The Rap, saying he was a hypocrite preaching feminist ideals. Other folks out to destroy Whedon include actor Ray Fisher, Gal Gadot, Charisma Carpenter, the craft services people, eight gaffers, a best boy, three ADs, and a few others who wish to remain anonymous. But as the vulture piece reveals, Joss Whedon experienced a lot of trauma as a young kid, you guys, and as a result, has some difficulties with relationships.
0: Is this important? Do you care? blows my mind about this. And and part of me was like, do we cover this? Like, I know we've already talked about Joss Whedon in regard to Ray Fisher's complaints and just in general what he's... the, The hubris of having like two years from when these complaints originally came out, access to all of like the PR mavens, anyone who could coach you on how to frame things, how to see things... Or Or go do the interview, therapist, and actually work through these things and find your way around. No, 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 no! I'm not going to do any of that. I'm instead going to go on the record. It's like I'm going to get on the stand and defend myself. (laughs) I'm the injured
3: party here. Prove
0: myself like just infinitely oblivious to how. He sounds, let alone h-
1: acknowledging
0: his. Well, behavior. they usually
1: don't appreciate how they sound. They definitely have a different spin on what they think they're saying when they're when people are being horrible. But I absolutely, I didn't read the article, so I'm just going to talk out of my ass about things because I feel like that's how I deal with parenting. Just not going to read, not going to do research, <laughs> just going to talk about it. Um, is it the trauma that he experienced as a young kid? Was it his mother's fault? Is he Girl, blaming you know his horrible behavior on his
0: parents? You know it was his mother's fault. Isn't yeah. it always? It always is. I, Which will, He really yeah, no, he absolutely he, mentions
3: He plays his the parents. I Grew Up as a Nerd card, so of course I had to sleep yeah. with all these actresses. How could I say no? Uh
0: yeah, yeah, life it, is it so takes hard. a real yeah, the the angle of it, and again, he had two years. Yuck to come to terms with this ideally as a human that's evolving, but even if it's just surface talk, learn yeah. the better. Surface even the talk.
3: optics for God's sake. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but he really, it, pushes down on that fundamental idea of, like, the nice guy who's done wrong. Like, Mm. oh, I was just, like, I was in there trying to do all these great things, and, like, people didn't understand. It was so hard for me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Think of me. Think of of me and how much ass I wasn't getting before. And then I turned out to be great. And, you know, instead of respecting boundaries, I was like, what if I went even further? Yeah, just ignore them. Yeah, no, Um, that, that, I, I remember someone showing this worst take ever, which was like some dork ass nerd who was like me being a uh, shut in nerd myself. I now see how easily I could have been Joss Whedon. I was like, "Wow, that's way wow. to out yourself, dude." Way yeah, right. Too- <laughs> but is
1: this not the whole thing we've talked? Every movie, every guy grew up and made movies about nerds getting the girl, Revenge of the Nerds, like all of these things. It's always that's the that's their Cinderella story, right? That's oh, yeah. their and so they they think they deserve it. They don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've
2: worked so have worked
1: so hard at being By horrible.
2: Doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, he's a Bummerville from Bummerville, USA, mayor of Bummer. Um, uh, you know what's not a bummer, you guys? <laughs> Chilean French director Alejandro Jodorowsky. And in the 70s, he had an incredible pitch for a Dune movie. Some of you may be aware of this from the fantastic documentary made about it. But um, at the heart of it, he created a Dune Bible, which was an elaborate work detailing his vision for the film. Yodorowsky's Dune was never made as a film, but the Bible he made was recently auctioned. The work was purported to be worth around 40 to 50 K, but wound up selling for a little under $3 million. The group that purchased the Bible goes by Spice DAO, a reference to Dune, and they tweeted the following after winning the bid. And it, excuse me why I try not to laugh through this, because this whole thing from here on is so fucking funny to me. Quote, we won the auction for 2.66 million euros. Now our mission is to, one, make the book public to the extent permitted by law. Two, produce an original animated limited series inspired by the book and sell it to a streaming service. That's not the order those things happen in. Three, support derivative projects from the community. It turns out, however, they do not actually have the rights to do what they say they want to do. Again, they paid 2.6 million euros for this. Also, guys, the book has been available online for free to anyone to look at since 2011. Is this important? Do you care?
3: So yeah, basically th- this is like going to Amazon and buying a copy of Gone with the Wind and thinking you now have the film rights, uh, except that you've paid 2.66 million euros at an auction for one copy of a book that you could read online for free. break. This is embarrassing.
2: I, yeah. I feel like there's already just a tough understanding of copyright law and rights just- <laughs> with every generation undermine i think you know with the youtubes of it all and all this and then i think nfts made it more complicated because people are, you know it's this idea that if you spend this money on this thing you own it and everyone has repeated time and time again why that doesn't work and i was like well this this imaginary address that goes to this thing means that you own it even though people have minted so m- much art and things that they do not own. Minted, you know, NFT, you know, collections based on the likenesses of people who have passed away that have nothing to do with it. And that, that ability alone should let you know the problems when NFTs. But I think all of this has made people think that, yeah, if you own the thing, you own everything you can do with it and it was so funny because this went with all like my writing buddies uh, just sending it to each other and laughing of like yeah no that's uh that's not how it works and like the i and it's and it's i think the funniest thing is that they're like is when they're like we'll support derivative works for the community and all this stuff and that's why there's a little piece of me that wish it did work for that for them that way because it's very easy to be like I want people to use my IP to make the creations that they want cuz that's something I would have did and then when you see those people start to make money and you get none of that money and then your whole it's tune shakes now, yeah yeah now now it's not as fun to let everybody run you know run free with your IP now it's time to own it so here's yeah. my
0: thing I just want a group that has access to 2.6 million euros And yet doesn't Google the simplest thing. Like, is this already publicly? I want them to call me because I have things they can fund. And that is important. And I care.
3: And the real lesson here is I think
2: if you have that kind of money to throw around, maybe spend a little on a lawyer. A
0: little bit. Right.
2: (laughs) Just just a smidgen. Just a smidgen. All right, well, on that note, uh, we're all going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about The Lost Daughter. So uh, stay right there. We'll be right back. I'm John Moe. My show, Depression Mode, is all about mental health. And this week, I talk with Amanda Knox. She spent four years in an Italian prison for a murder she didn't commit. That's a lot of trauma and she's okay talking about it. If I touch on something that you'd rather not get into, just say so, we'll cut the whole exchange out. But it also seems like you're pretty open, open about a lot of things.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am having trouble imagining anything that you could talk to me about <laughs> I that know, I... I
2: know, I know. What are we going to throw Amanda Knox with
3: <laughs> Depressed <laughs> Mode with John Moe, only on Maximum Fun. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about better help a lot on this show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that's not true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you
2: avoid those lows. As someone who uses BetterHelp, I'm going to just say, yeah, you don't have to wait till things get bad. They can give you the toolkits and the coping mechanisms to handle all the stuff that life can throw at you. And just like I'd like to get in the gym and get in the games, I like to get these mental gains, too, by talking to a professional. So and that's easy because BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to.
0: All right, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Maximum Film listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash maxfilm. That's betterhel pcom slash M-A-X-F-I-L-M.
2: Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Ify Wadiway. In the studio with me are...
1: Drea Clark. Biz Ellis.
2: Alonso Duraldi. And today we're talking about The Lost Daughter, which was written and directed by the great Maggie Gyllenhaal of such fabulous movies as Judy. Uh, What are you talking about? I'm sorry, what? Sorry, I mixed her up with... uh, Are you thinking (laughs) of
0: Jesse Buckley from the movie?
2: (laughs) I totally mixed her up with Renee Zellweger.
0: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were talking about someone in... Because Jesse Buckley, who's yeah, in The Lost in Daughter, is yeah. in Judy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I know. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go know. ahead. All right. For anyone not familiar with Maggie, she starred in the two... 2002 Opus Secretary and gave one of the best performances of that year. She's also a sister to my boy Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gilly of Nightcrawler, uh, you know, and other films. The Lost Daughter <laughs> marks her directorial debut, and the film is an adaptation of author Elena Ferrante's book of the same name. I don't know why I couldn't think of any other Jake Gyllenhaal movies out of, <laughs> after Nightcrawler, but that's what happens as soon as I say. That's okay.
0: He has nothing to do with, and you only mentioned one Maggie movie so it really balances yeah, out. yeah, that's
2: that's true. And I'm All so right, glad you explained
3: you. who these people are to our listeners because they had no idea before.
2: Yeah. No, no, they didn't know a lot. Uh, I know there was someone going into this wondering if they were related. They are. You know. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you, thank you for <laughs> yeah, clearing yeah.
1: that up for me.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, people were worried. I got to say, before we even j- jump into it, I forgot the part where Drake, because I remember we were talking about this was a Maggie Gyllenhaal flick, and I totally and now I know my braids ride from work because I totally came into this thinking that she was in it, and I'm just watching. And I was like, "Wow, she did a full transformation <laughs> for this!" And I was like, "She even looks good. You hold your hold your socks. She even looks." Different than she looked in Judy. Now, from <laughs> Judy to this, I was like, my brain was broken. And then I uh, opened up the IMDb and realized, oh, Iffy, oh, you, you iffy. know, you, you don't know what you're talking about. So,
0: uh, Iffy, what I hear from you is you think all white women look the same. Uh, That's what uh, I'm getting. It's just uh,
2: sometimes. Sometimes.
0: i there you're not wrong. Okay.
2: <laughs> But before I go any further, Alonzo, do you want to tell the people what they need to know about this film with a quick synopsis? Oh yeah, sure.
3: Let's ask the dude. Um, Okay, so uh, uh, Olivia Coleman plays an academic uh, who's on vacation in Greece. Some terrible Americans shows show up. Um, She steals a child's doll because she feels guilty about being a terrible mom. That's it. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh
2: my god,
3: comedy ensues.
0: It's really it's hilarious. Much hilarity ensues if you ask someone for like just a rote summary of what happens, nothing you said is wrong. right? And yet because the source material is so rich and because I do think Maggie Gyllenhaal had such a terrific handle on what that source material was doing. You're getting so much more like this has, this film has all this commentary on, I mean, certainly motherhood, like being a daughter, even the idea of, being obsolete as a sexual entity in your middle age. Like there's so much going on here. We do have a professional mother here, today. Yes.
1: I'm sorry, I'm we like... more of a mother expert. Oh, okay. <laughs> Recreational
0: mother expert.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: Good. Mother Zaddy, if you will.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> a mother zaddy. I just as as the professional non-child haver. Female non-child, like I don't want to take away from Alonzo with that. Yeah, we share that crown. But for me, it was so fascinating. There's a lot in this that you're getting. Olivia Coleman, her performance is so amazing because it's kind of an anti-hero. Like she's not super likable all the time. And yet you are... That's your vision, most of it, and you're also getting a lot of flashbacks to younger her, which is played by Jesse Buckley, who is in Iffy's favorite film, Judy. Judy. um, It's a hit film. (laughs) Yeah, hit, hit hit film, Film. beloved by one Iffy Waterway. But you're getting these visions of motherhood that I don't think people either, if you haven't been through it or haven't listened to friends talk about it in detail, there's something so, it's like not permissible for mothers to talk about those ugly moments with their children in terms of feeling frustrated, feeling uh, like uh, my life is wasted. You've ruined everything. Like there's ugliness there that you are like not allowed to feel. Motherhood is anything but like a
3: constant blessing.
1: Yes. 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 No, it's, it's, there is a story that has been told to all of us that a, everybody wants kids. B, uh, it's super easy to have them. C, you're just gonna naturally be great at it, and you're gonna love it. You're as a as a mother, as a as a woman, you are going to love it. And if you don't, then there is something really wrong with with you and you're not supposed to talk about it. There are so many things you're not supposed to talk about. You're not supposed to talk about not liking it. You're not supposed to talk about, you know, birth. You're not supposed to talk about birth recovery, gross, yuck, that is something that we don't need. Miscarriage, definitely don't talk about miscarriage. We want you to be isolated and alone when you're (laughs) dealing with this trauma. Um, And the whole experience of motherhood can be very isolating. None of that negates that it can also be really great. The problem is, is that we find ourselves constantly in this place where it's one or the other. And I mean, everybody who has ever listened to One Bad Mother knows, like she even says this, I am an unnatural mother, what she says in the movie. And I myself, I've never felt like a mom. Like, I, don't, I, I don't like being a mom. Right? Like I love my kids, right? Like a, you know, and I all that. But I have lots of little notes that I made on I was like, Oh ticket, 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 ticket. Things like any act of self indulgence equates to being a monster, right? Like, <laughs> um, we'll get into it, I'll let you guys lead it. But I have all kind of thoughts about the doll. Okay yeah <laughs> Ooh, okay if you're a child a professional child have her as yeah well. yeah, yep. yeah
2: i know And that's why i kind of uh have a very similar take of like kind of being at odds with some of the uh the ideas i think that are being around <laughs> because i do feel the same way where like some of the things that are i feel like make her the the bad guy don't yeah. make doesn't make her a bad guy in my book like uh especially like when you take it in and notice that she has been like, her husband I'm sorry, was <laughs> shitty. Her, her husband left her to like take care of two kids. I have one, and it drives me crazy. Two kids, and he was always saying that work was work was important. work was this, and pushing her to the side. and not just was work
1: o- was important. They had made an agreement that mm-hmm. she would have time to do the work, but whenever it was a conflict, his was supposed to take priority, therefore lessening her as a self. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So let's just I mean. So,
2: so yeah. yeah. So it's it's so funny because I, I, you know, I feel like, yeah, the one take can be this, this, this like to the take that I got watching it was someone who. Went through the something natural and is beating herself up about it Mm -hmm. because all the steps that led to like, you know, like, like, like you mentioned her being like belittled in these actions and then to be propped up by someone she looked up to. That's that, I'm sorry, that's ripe for a cheat. You know, obviously, you know, this is a anti-cheat podcast most of the time. If it's a Zendaya or something, I'm sure your partner will understand. Uh, But like... uh (laughs) Hey, Ify, the guy who plays the dude, is yes. Maggie Gyllenhaal's Justin, husband, Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, so so you know Maggie was like, I mean, come on. Who's mm-hmm. <laughs> so gonna say no to this? Yeah. But it was like, it was it was so funny because it was this like he like it was it was one of those like he perfectly her, told stories. Yeah,
1: he saw yeah. her as a self. He saw her yeah. as the whole as as the other. Because like when you when a kid shows up in your house, there's definitely uh, this sensei, and I can talk for hours about how uh, dads get the shit end of the stick, too. Okay. There's a whole oh, yeah, long yeah, you- list of garbage uh, storylines surrounding you guys, too. Um, but this notion that women will naturally take on the role as we call it president of everything uh, on the show, that they will just step in. It makes it so her husband, and I think we're supposed to see her only as mother. And then when she gets to go away, do I need to get my cat? Uh, When she needs to go away, uh, she gets to be a self. She's not even, she didn't even talk about her kids. She barely talks about them. She gets to be smart. She gets to be respected. She gets to be seen as sexy. She just gets to eat room service in her room by herself, (laughs) which let me tell you is a fucking (laughs) gift. It is a gift. I have been there with like, I'm so sorry. Is this a rude thing to ask? Do you have A1 steak sauce? And they sent me a big bottle of the steak sauce when I was on my own in my hotel for the first time. So... uh. (laughs) Yeah, I and I also think the cheating thing, real quick, I thought the cheating, I saw all these things as, like, not cheating on her husband, but cheating on what motherhood is, Mm. right? Like, I mean, that's, who cares about that? Oh, please don't leave me. We can work it out. I'm going to take it to your mother. Again, another threat with the mother.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this dude's trash.
3: Yeah, I was like,
1: whatever, dude. You lost I mean,
3: it's a line that's become kind of a cliche over the years, but I always think back to Meryl Streep in Kramer versus Kramer, mm. talking about having been so, going from somebody's daughter to somebody's wife to somebody's mother, yeah, and like that—that that is the trajectory that so many women find themselves forced into. And it's like, yeah, when you have that opportunity of like to be the self, to be the 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 the, the, the your own primary, you know, yeah, uh, that th- that's that's irresistible.
1: And it's really almost impossible, I think, for so to me, this movie was like very dark and weird in some places but it also was this like weird like fantasy when she can we talk about what she says about i mean like how deep can we get can no I... yeah okay it's when on she's... netflix when she it, but... finally <laughs> admits that she left those kids for three And by she
0: just to clarify yeah, it's olivia <laughs> coleman's character and we've seen her Um, A lot of this movie, she's relating to um, a young new mother played Mm -hmm. by Dakota Johnson, and um, they meet at the beach. Dakota's with this large family that's implied to have mob ties. God. And um, she's like this hot, trashy mom with this kid that goes missing, and that's whose doll goes missing as well. And then at the very end, you realize where the doll has been. But her exchanges with Dakota and how she both... Sees herself in Nina in Dakota's character, in like Nina's like reticence to fully commit to motherhood or or kind of being at pains with certain things asked of her is where we're getting a lot of these insights. So, yeah, just the yeah, sorry, and there's up a of lot of the
1: flashbacks also have. when she was a young mother um, with all the screaming and she's trying to work. She's trying to, one of the things we talk about on the show all the time is how like literally impossible it is to do anything because you're being interrupted like over and over. It's like somebody's constantly touching you on the shoulder and eventually your brain just doesn't work anymore. You just can't have a linear thought because it's just constantly (laughs) being touched. And so how are you supposed to get from A to B? And so you watch her struggling with this and there's a scene where her oldest daughter just hits her right in the face and I was like yeah because that is that power struggle of, of attention like I'm trying to get your attention and now you're playing with me and she's like I the mom like I I want nothing to do with this I thought all that family on the beach when that um all that noise of the adults and the, there's a scene in a movie theater where a bunch of these kids come in who are part of that big mob group and they're being obnoxious and noisy. And she, they're all children. They're all some form of children who are, you know, trying to get her attention, trying to yell, trying to interrupt her from self time. And what I like, just like when she left her family for three years, Fuck yeah. I was just like, oh I mean we've all had that thought. And if you're (laughs) you're lying to yourself, if you haven't had that thought, it's okay if you've had that thought. Can you
3: even do that?
1: Of just walking out the door. People do a lot worse. (laughs) They you know, they get having somebody yell all the time will break you. I still hear it in my walls. Okay. Like it's, it's still... literally
0: a torture technique. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just
0: realized when I interrupted to say who Dakota was, yeah. you had been saying that one of the reveals we get in this bonding she's having with yeah. Dakota is she's like, yeah, I left my kids when they were three and six or yep. whatever for like I just three walked, years. She
1: walked right out that door. I walked. And I and left. I, it's it is such a
0: shock. It's such just like Immediately shocking thing. And yet when you're in those scenes yeah. with her kids, I was like, get me out
1: of this room. (laughs) But you don't get to get out of the room. Uh, The doll, by the way, she's the one who steals the doll. She takes the doll right away. Spoilers. Uh, And the doll is such a catalyst. This little kid Uh, goes apeshit over this
0: Um, missing doll. Multi-day
3: meltdown. Yeah,
0: multi-day meltdown. like, it's not just, oh, I have this doll, and oh, it's the same doll that I had when I was young. It's not, it is that, but it's also... This little girl of Dakota's child keeps whining and is driving oh, yeah. her family crazy, driving everyone all right. crazy. Go with me here.
1: Go with me on this. Yeah. This is going to be a thing. Okay. When uh, my youngest, uh, what he uh, just never stopped screaming for years and couldn't be put down and had to feed like all the time. Like there were many times in those very, very dark days that I felt like a prisoner. I mean, like legitimately, I felt like I am a prisoner. I can't even stand up. Like it was like really, you know, you're not sleeping. You're not, I mean, I felt like somebody, like he was, he had power over me in a way that I was not comfortable with, that I did not like, that did not make me feel okay. And when I watched like all the yelling of the little girl, I kind of wondered if present day Leda was taking that doll to take away that child's power, because you know this. There's this complaint mm. that I can't do anything. She won't ever let me put her down. She is always like yelling. She won't ever let me do this. And I, I kind of wonder. At first, I wondered, oh, did she take it away to sort of teach the lesson that this kid's eventually gonna stop, right? Or to to teach that girl a lesson? No, you don't have control over your mom like that. And then at the end, she's like, I just did it because it was fun. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: No, it's, she's truly, it's such a psychotic move that she, but I thought she did it in a way to like, to connect with Dakota and to like break Dakota and to be like, I wanted you driven to the edge because I kind of think you should also leave your kid. Like it was this strange, I see something of myself in you and what I see is someone who wants to succumb to the, like this impulse to flee. And you that.
3: know, th- also, I think, you know, there's something about, I think, with children with dolls. It's sort of like a, a, a way that they're allowed to sort of profess their own kind of yep. mothering instincts. Yep. And so to take that away is to like, oh, is she, is she trying to break the kid early of the, uh, the idea of even wanting Great. to be a mother?
1: Oh, <laughs> I love it. That's good, too. <laughs> yeah, sir, this is what
0: I'm saying. This movie, it it has that like literary heft to it in terms of symbolism and how each of these moments. And, and this is. We're, I know we're about to the point to vote. We didn't even touch on There are other threads of this. Like, there's a yes. whole really interesting relationship. Ed Harris is with a Ed sexy Harris, bastard. Exactly. In this movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: God, he is a sexy who's, bastard. And I have that written down. Ed Harris is a sexy bastard. That yeah. is what I have. But, like, also
0: present-day Ed Harris and Olivia Coleman are not the people you're seeing as the sexy no. leads and things so the fact that there is a like ooh, are they gonna hook up on this thing
1: like look can I the dude at the but, resort that yeah, Dakota he, Jones wants, is having to with, he so. wants to hook up with her and they keep referring to her as looking so young all these things she's 48 I just turned 48 and I was having a really hard time like connecting with Olivia she- Coleman's 48 that's what they say in this movie they reference wow. her age Repeatedly, and she says she's
2: forty-eight,
1: and I was like, "What?"
2: Yeah, I mean Olivia Colman is forty-seven.
1: Yeah, in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that sounds uh, so bitchy of me. No, I know. I she turns forty-eight. She
3: turns forty-eight in two weeks.
0: Yeah. I say I say it with disbelief, mostly because I'm like, she's the queen. Mm -hmm. Uh, What? She's so (laughs) much more dignified than me. We could possibly. I know. That's what I was. I was like,
1: I don't understand. Also,
2: they they definitely did the like. Cause it's my favorite thing is movie magic. How little thing like tussling the hair, yeah. making you look a little disheveled, will add ten years every time. It'll age you up. Whereas like if you if you Google image Google, uh, Olivia yeah. Coleman, she looking uh, like yes. forty and snackish. Yeah, so, you exactly. Know, it's so so it is <laughs> like that. It was that added disheveledness. and I think it really did add to the character. Yeah, no, too. I
1: loved it. Yeah, uh,
2: so. Let's uh, let's let's get to the votes uh, so that we can um, I guess move on. <laughs> I didn't have anything flowery to add to it.
0: <laughs> we'll never move on. So for the Lost Daughter, even though it's on Netflix, I would say screen it because I think it's fantastic. I think that especially for a directorial debut, it's clear. Like I think um, Maggie Gyllenhaal is a very intuitive actor. And I think a lot of the care and attention she gives to her own performances translate here in what she brings out of this. But I think there is this beautiful craft that's taking full advantage of what the source material was doing. Because she she also she adapted it like she yeah. she wrote the screenplay as well. And I think she's done tremendous work. So yes, I would be a screen it.
3: I'm a borderline, like, I'm a scream it, I guess. I'm, you know, I'm a hot, high, high stream, low screen. Um, I'm curious to see what else Jillian uh, Hall does as a filmmaker because I have not read the book by Elena Ferrante, but there were big chunks of this movie where I felt like this is how you would tell this story in a novel which is fine, but it just didn't strike me as particularly cinematic in a way. And, and so I feel like there were, there were moments with her adaptation where I felt like she was trying so hard to capture the essence of the, the original material rather than translate it into sort of a cinematic way of storytelling. That said, all a lot, it's mostly very effective. The performances are really good. There's a lot to chew on here. The fact that I am, you know, not a woman, I'm sure. I, there's, like, big chunks of things I'm missing here. But, uh, you know, for, yeah, as a first film, very impressive.
1: All right. Here's a surprise. I hate watching things about mothers and parenting and children. Uh, and I would never have watched this movie if you guys hadn't asked me <laughs> to watch it. I, I'm i going to go stream it because I, I definitely, again, all the things you've said as movie you know, I'm going to say experts because it's late for me. My brain is out of words. Um, it, yes, the acting was amazing. The mood, the tension, amazing. The pacing, I really liked it. All that said, that is not my movie. It's not. I I, I um, am at a place, you know, with a 12 year old and a 8 year old. No, God. Yeah, that's how old they are. Uh, I just want to see things blown up and people punched in the face for justified it reasons. It like, can't this all is... be red notice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Just let me see somebody get punched in the face over and over because they deserve it. Uh, and I'm totally 100% down for that. So, uh, but yes, if you like artistic, lovely, beautifully directed movies, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh yeah, no. It, it was great, you know, um seeing it on the, you know, 75-inch it was crisp. Mm. Uh clean and you know, the surround sound <laughs> was popping. It was, I will say for uh the the score was great. The surround sound was popping so much so. You know, Molly was working and she was like, I want to sit in the 5.1 surround sound music to my ears uh, because I need people appreciating the work I'm putting in to create the theater experience. Something I've said more than once uh, when she's over is like, let's go in a cinema mode. And that's what I stuff. <laughs>
1: I got to connect you with my husband, Stefan. <laughs> Our garage is the shittiest high-tech movie theater right now. <laughs> we have like a huge screen. There's like surround sound speakers, the whole nine yards, and he yeah. gets very fiddly. With like yeah. how it is with the thing, but it has yeah, saved see? us in this pandemic. So. No, the lights see?
3: come you down, and him. if he puts on the popcorn
2: box costume, it's starts yeah, yeah, dancing. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, that's 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 part of the cinema experience. We do experience. have movie
1: theater popcorn. I
2: I, I I make Molly sit there while I give her a speech, like we're in ArcLight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Look <laughs> for the exits. I, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, so just so you know, you're here for tonight's production yep. of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Lost Child. Uh, it's uh, it's an expected runtime of. Hold on, let me pull out my
1: yeah. phone. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's
0: too hot, so, yeah. too
3: cold. Look for me or someone dressed like me.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> Clean up that of yourself. The lost daughter, but we're not paid for getting yeah. the titles correct. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what happens these... when you get it at uh it at the if light. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> uh yeah, no, uh so yeah, that's a screener for me. I really enjoyed it. I I it was a real treat for me. It was it this was like speaking of like liking big punchy faces movies, you know, this is coming from the guy who says that Pacific Rim is a perfect movie. Um, that like there's great punching in that that, there are just so many conversations that made me so tense in my chest like where and it's all it is is a conversation but I am tight gripping onto the seat so I was like all right I'm in you know this is this is this is close to a kaiju getting hit (laughs) with a with a freighter boat uh, by a giant robot except it's two women talking (laughs) quite simply
1: (laughs) (laughs) Completely relatable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, on that note, uh, we'll be right back after you hear from another show from Maximum Fun. Stick around.
0: For over a decade, MaxFineCon has been an incredible weekend of learning, connecting and laughing with folks in the Max Fun community. And
2: if all goes according to plan... The last regularly scheduled Max FunCon will take place in Lake Arrowhead from June 3rd to June 5th, 2022. We have a very limited number of tickets remaining. To make them available to the maximum number of people, we'll be opening our waitlist for tickets on January 23rd at 5 p.m. Pacific. That'll be your chance to be first in line to purchase tickets, and we'll go down the waitlist until we're at capacity. More details at MaxFunCon.com. And mark your calendars for Sunday, January 23rd at 5 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to Maximum Film. It's your host, you Wadiway. In the studio with me are... Alonzo Duraldi.
1: Biz Ellis. Drea Clark.
2: And look, these past couple of years have been crap. And I think we'd all like to know how 2022 is going to be. And we got to make sure it's better. Please. Fortunately, we don't have to wait to find out. That's because we already have the answer, even if it takes a little bit of work on our part to understand the future. All we have to do, according to this tweet by... At awards underscore watch, is look to the past. The tweet goes: the highest grossing movie from your birth year is now how your twenty twenty two will play out. So first, uh, let uh, let's everyone go around and reveal what movie holds our fate. So mine is uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> at nineteen eighty eight. <1988. laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I the don't know why do that's it. so
0: funny, but it's so yeah. funny. Oh my god. Um, as I mentioned, I resent that we are playing this because as you guys know, I am ageless. Mm-hmm. And if I had a Wikipedia entry, it would say that. But the Eternal Drea. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure I was born in the year 2000. It might have actually been in 1976, which is the year of Rocky, and that, I cannot yeah. wait to, like, a tarot card yes. unpack that. <laughs>
3: Alonzo. Well, okay, so uh, I'm clearly earlier in the 20th century, uh, and I'm really, <laughs> really disappointed that Valley of the Dolls came in at 7th place that uh, year. Uh, but for me, in 1967, the number one movie was The Graduate. Ooh.
0: So You! So, <laughs> yeah, right?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Business might be the funniest. All right. So, <laughs> I thought, well, this looks like fun. I'll go look it up. Uh At 1974, the uh, top grossing movie of that year was The Towering Inferno.
0: Oh and
1: I thought... <laughs> well, okay, that's great. I, maybe I'll just take a look and see about my birthday week, right? Let's see if we can like hone in, you know, sort of like, is your maybe, house, maybe something, is yeah, your house in Capricorn, terrifying. where is the moon, sure. right? Like that kind of thing with my birth. Uh, so I go and look it up. So uh, for my birthday week in 1974, the top grossing film was The Exorcist. Go. Okay. One of my favorite movies. Sure. But uh they're not great harbingers, are no, they? Neither no, neither of these are no. great harbingers. And uh yeah, really I, happy we did this. I think this is
0: the funniest like <laughs> it is, right? Like reading a tarot card or yeah. like, "Oh, my fortune says that what does that mean?" Yeah. And I want to go back to the top and again say yeah. That the the like oh what is the divining rod the litmus of 2022 for ify, who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, this and is, also what does that mean?
2: Yeah, and and see, I have to keep it there because it only gets more confusing if if I do what Biz did yeah. because <laughs> mine is Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> no. So uh, so I'm gonna just stick to. who oh, yeah, roger rabbit <laughs> for is any adorable.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, look yeah. in the in the broader sense, "Who Framed Roger Rabbit" is about a, a conspiracy to to wipe out a, an entire a, a race of of people to uh, to steal their land from under them to undermine the very fabric of uh, uh, how society is created, and and yet good
2: he gets prevails at the end. by a goofy motherfucker.
0: No, so not, maybe, not just a goofy, even, even <laughs> not just goofy. Dipped.
1: But yeah, a yeah, jaded, yeah. bitter, yeah. already mm-hmm. resigned to the yeah. way yes. life is Cynical, gonna be.
2: Alcoholic detective.
1: Just get yeah. And Which he, is he, how we describe iffy. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just beat for beat. It's yeah. like Word. it was like oh, I
0: never oh, don't use jaded or detective when I describe <laughs> you. Yeah.
2: You know, because I'm always gonna crack the case. <laughs>
0: Stop.
2: I'm saying there's hope. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, "How do I?" How do By the, I the way, make I made him point?
0: stop because he's going to turn crack the case into something very different in just a moment. Oh, he, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, already was, did.
2: He just was, said he it, was a, was, it was, yeah, I was a word away. Yeah, it was already happening. Yeah, away, <laughs> and he stopped me. But you know,
3: so he, I'm just saying, right. there's there's some there's some you know optimism to be found there. I, the, gra- the Graduate, I mean, I, what, uh, anime and like uh, a meaningless affair and then staring blankly ahead on a bus and Simon and Garfunkel around every corner? I, I don't know what my choices yeah, are here.
0: Yours is the one that has the most definitively bummer of an ending. Of <laughs> what? Like, oh, I, oh like, the I Exorcist
3: guess, is kind of up there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and as as but we're looking at in inferno. inferno. True, it yes, it Fred Astaire has, like, does
3: not make it. No.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like in The Graduate... The thing that elevates that movie that's made it iconic is that bummer ass ending is the idea of this like, oh, yeah, romance is a delusion. And this isn't or, going to
3: fix anything.
0: This isn't going to fix anything. All of your hopes and dreams that you were going to turn things around and you were going to win. I'm really not helping Alonzo.
1: At no, all not on not, not uh-huh. the slightest.
3: Like, No, <laughs> well, I think,
0: you I did think it just like, means
1: acceptance. <laughs>
2: Resignation.
1: Resignation. And we're going to let the drunk detective work it out for
2: us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, okay. I like that.
0: I Yeah. 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 Resignation seems like um, an attribute that Alonso could gracefully grab hold of. And you know what? There is some hot action before then, right? Yep. Like, sure.
3: It, no, yeah, sure. Oh, little yeah. Except bit I'm of... now older than Mrs. Robinson was. So,
0: you know, I don't really So maybe you'll be the Mrs. Robinson. There we go. There you go. That could be fun for Dave. Totally acceptable
1: <laughs> in 2022. <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now I think of talking about optimism. Like Rocky is completely <laughs> an underdog story about yeah. you know somebody who who gets a shot that he shouldn't have yep. and uh, takes it all the way to the top. You know. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I I would feel very oh, good I'm about lot- Rocky.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm winning. Out of this, oh, I'm going to have the best year for sure. In this meme, no
3: question. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've got all of you for this. I do. I really hope that none of my year involves me having to run upstairs. But other Mm. than that... um, How's how's
3: your raw egg consumption? Yeah, I was
0: wondering. That's fine. I've got, like, salmonella's got nothing on me. I'm fine (laughs) with that. I'm fine taking orders from a surly old man. I love Alonzo, don't I? Yeah, right? Right, right. But yeah, no Rocky is definitely. Yeah, Rocky. If I was gonna yeah. choose something of like, what's the tone for my 2022? Mm. Yeah, Rocky would be
1: the overcoming. I mean, the it comes odds. with a theme song that is yeah. optimistic and pumping. Mm.
2: I will yeah. say, if we if we listen to the words of new super producer Marissa, it is true. <laughs> if we're just going based off of the, the title itself, Rocky, you're at the bottom. Because who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> yeah. That that could be ex-politician finally getting arrested, uh, which you know, insert one here. A- and the, know, the
3: graduate uh, is being yeah. done with something and moving yep. on to a new phase in your life. So, uh, biz, I don't know what to the tell. Yeah,
1: you. Uh, it's the towering inferno is a flaming however. pile. It's a flaming pile of shit in which people suck cocks in hell. So that is that's great. The best thing about the watch out for stairs. What? It it ends. So yeah. you they have both that end. to look forward to. Oh, look, we're all, uh, all going to end.
3: <laughs> look, the, ex- the exorcist has the power to expel, you know, terrible things. Not. That's
1: did We had three more come after it because we could not expel. <laughs> uh, it is why there's no Ouija board in this house.
3: It brings uh, a cleansing. I don't know.
1: Oh, so she ain't all right. She will never be all right. Ever, ever,
0: ever, ever. <laughs> so do we think overall with these, like... That 2022 will shake out to be good. G- it's got to be. I'm sticking with the Rocky. It's got to be. I think we are on. I think we're going to work through it and get our way up to the top. It's oh, all going to burn. I it's
3: think my so takeaway for this is that memes are stupid.
1: Ah. <laughs> <very> <laughs> that, my That's tw- a
0: solid takeaway. My
1: 12-year-old would argue with that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm all gonna right. like this one because it works out for me. There you go. Right. So very good. Yes, yeah,
3: so when Drea stands in front of the museum with her arms held aloft, I'll know I was wrong.
2: <laughs> well, with that being said, let's uh, let's keep the ball rolling and head right into our staff picks. It could be any movie at all. So, Drea, why don't you start?
0: All right. So, I have a movie that I feel like the description. You would be like, isn't that an iffy pick? It's not. It's mine. It is an anime film called Bell. It premiered at Cannes this year. It is currently out. Um, I was lucky enough to see it digitally. If um, so, sorry, because it is in the theaters and I know not everyone is going. But if you are and you feel safe, um, I found it ooh, just delightful. It's the rough is You have um, a world where there's this teenage girl and she has an avatar in a sort of big virtual world, a la many things. And in that virtual world, she plays a singer who becomes very renowned, who who starts to go by Belle. The people call her Belle. And um, and there's, out of nowhere, a Beauty and the Beast story starts to arise in the virtual world. Um, and then things are happening with her classmates in the real world where she's feeling more neglected. And it's got that sort of fantastical delight and... Teenage angst and all sorts of things that I really enjoyed. So, Bell, B E L L E, Bell. See, I did, I did my, I got to do my spelling bee style.
2: <laughs> Ooh, I like
0: that. <laughs> all
2: right. Oh, uh, what you, what you, what you got for us, Alonzo?
0: So, uh,
3: I have a teen movie from Ukraine. Uh, it's a film yes. called Stop Zemlia. Uh, it uh, premiered last year at Berlin. It's opening in one theater in LA this weekend, but it's also dropping on VOD. So wherever you are, you can rent it on uh, uh, Apple and you know the, the, all the all the places. Um, and it's basically about a group of uh, Ukrainian high schoolers who are sort of getting to the end of school, mainly focusing on on a group of, uh, on three friends, uh, Masha, uh, her friend Yana, and then their friend Senia, this dude that they hang out with. And, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a real plot heavy movie. It's not like this happens and that happens. It, it just is this sort of, look at how when you're that age like you're still figuring yourself out and and sex and love and all these things are still sort of new and maybe a little frightening and and everything is major even like the 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 smallest little kind of passing moments and 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 um, you know responses that you get from other people um i just found it really engaging and 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 it's one of those movies you realize after about 10 minutes that it's not going to be like story packed but the characters are really fascinating and it really gives you just the the world that they inhabit and and um you know if, if there's one thing that keeps it from feeling super realistic it's that like most of the characters are insanely attractive like they should <laughs> all be moving to milan to do runway walks but in the meantime they're in Ukrainian high school and that's just you know, how that's going to go. But anyway, uh, I liked it very much. It, it felt very um, of the moment and uh, a lot of really good performances. It is the first uh, a narrative film from a documentary filmmaker named uh, Katarina Gornestai. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's streaming this weekend or you can see it if you're in Los Angeles. Stop Zemlia.
2: That sounds amazing. <laughs> Switch says, if Alonzo goes missing, it's probably due to his staff pick. All right, Alonzo, watch everyone. Keep your eyes on our most prized possession here at Max Film. Biz, what you got for us?
1: I, I'm going to do – you guys all sound like I'm listening to, like, you know, the movie – thing on KPCC (laughs) and everybody's like here's my top movie and they say all the points I'm like I don't know man I watch what my children watch which makes me I mean I could go through all the Studio Ghibli movies if you would like but instead um I will say I know you guys recently talked about Encanto 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 um Mm -hmm. my kids saw it first And I used that time to go do something for myself. And then they were like, you have to see it. And so I did. And it's a freaking delight. And I I know you guys talked about it all last week. So everybody's already going to go see it. But in case you haven't, as a person who has to watch movies with children, uh, that is as, like, best review as I can give you. It was really fun to watch. And... You know, the Bruno song wasn't even my favorite part of it, but uh, it was very good. So I know everybody's That's... already seen it.
0: No, that <laughs> counts. People haven't.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah. No, we y- y- it counts. It counts here. And if you would, it would hear any of my previous staff picks, you wouldn't be feeling the way you I'm feel sure. about staff picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, But this this week's uh, staff pick for me is going to go to one of uh, finally getting to to the bottom of one of my favorite uh, narrative conventions, uh, storytelling uh, styles that I've loved for all the time, but I've never seen the source until now. And of course, you know I'm talking about Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon, uh, which is your classic uh, film with the dramatic retelling of a heinous act event where you hear it from the eyes of the bandit, of the maiden who was afflicted <laughs> by it, and even the ghost of the murdered party. Uh, and then you then get to uh, you know hear the... the truth uh I, which I, i'm not gonna give too much i already went too far i should have stopped at the three stories but you, you get it i mean it's you get it it's not gonna it's, it's a not, 70 year old movie if you yeah. don't beat yourself up yeah but yeah no the the roshman storytelling convention is probably one of my favorite every room i'm in i pitch it I'm like we should do a roshman story we should really do it because it's just a to me roshman with like Comedy is always funny because you just get this POV. And even talking about it with Molly, because we watched it last night, of how you see everyone's point of view of themselves in their storytelling, and even more so the maiden, how her view of herself is affected by the way, her husband, you know, the, the things that he did to her. And it's like uh, really gorgeous. It's shot gorgeously. I mean, you know, it's one of the classics and the greats. And it's a quick watch uh, because I originally was going to watch uh, Seven Samurai. I so saw it was three hours and said, let's pick yeah, no. something else because, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, look, uh, look, you know. Iffy, uh, how many I'm,
3: years did you pitch Rashomon stories in a writer's room without actually having seen Rashomon?
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, literally every <laughs> up until literally last night, like <laughs> up until literally last night, I only learned it was Rashomon because I was like, you know that thing where everyone's telling their story, and I was like, oh, you mean like a Roshamon? I was like, yeah, <laughs> and I was like a Roshamon. Hollywood, baby. Then I was like, why are they calling it a Roshamon? And I was like, oh, it's oh a movie. God. All right, I gotta see this thing. Um, so, so if you wanted to know, literally every room, hundred percent of the rooms I've been in. <laughs> only until the next room will be the first time I pitch Rajmon without <laughs> seeing the movie. <laughs> all right well look biz thank you so much for joining us today uh will you tell our listeners
1: where they can find you yes well they can find me here at max fun at uh one bad mother uh that podcast a delight uh you i am horrible on social media but if you would like to not get a lot of updates uh you can follow us at one bad mother's on instagram and on twitter uh and you can find me at biz ellis and i'll really never tweet to you there uh and yeah that's that's where you can find <laughs> me Ooh,
2: all right you well, like I'm that once yeah i love it. <laughs> you like oh, it i love it you love
1: it I you love like
0: it. it anyway yes
2: and uh, you know, of course, she's Fancy too Drea. busy.
0: She's too busy hiding dolls to Yeah, ruin. I am <laughs> ruining people's lives.
1: And yeah, yeah. that I like to I do know, that I, in person. Takes not, up so much of the day. Yeah, it takes up a lot.
2: But she was just playing.
1: I just, she was just, I was playing. just playing a game.
2: If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at maximum underscore film. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash maximum film or send us an email at maximum film at maximumfund.org our producers Plural this episode are Laura Swisher and newest member of the Maximum Film team, Marissa Flaxbart. Woo-hoo!
0: Look, look, hey, Yay, look, Marissa. Hey, yeah how
2: you doing? How you feeling? Welcome to the squad.
0: Marissa is our new super producer. We're so excited yep. to have her.
2: I even forgot about Carl, our old one. Uh, but, you know.
0: <laughs> Good. Teach her right away how disloyal we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just know if
2: you ever leave us, if you ever leave. <laughs> (laughs) It's like you're dead. You're dead.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, we work on the Goodfellas rules here. Uh, (laughs) uh, Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson, and this is a production of Maximum Fun. See y'all next time.
0: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Audience-supported.